just worship him this morning. Just lift your hands and praise him. In the see everybody here I had a had a great time going over to the wedding really enjoyed that thank God for it and uh, it was a blessed event um, we're going to be reading from Psalms 13 this morning and before we go let's just go to the altar and thank you precious heavenly father we thank you for this day you've given us to come and gather around your word again Lord and father we asked and those that come through that door today, Lord, you just, they have a need, Father, to fill that heart, Lord, with your word, your reveal word, Lord. And Father, we ask and we be the blessed people here today. And I ask now, Father, those that didn't make it through that door, you just bless them and whatever their hinders is, just take it from them, Lord. And Father, we just ask you to just touch and bless. I don't know where Brother Colleen Brother Dartier today, but touch them and bless them wherever they're in. Be with them and all the ones that's not here, Sister Johnny and Sister Gail and all the ones that have come and my wife and all the rest is at hindrances, Lord, at things that we've had to stop and take care of, Lord. And you just touch and bless us, Father, that we get those rocks moved out of the way for them that they can come back to your house, Lord, and where they belong. We ask, Father, this morning, as I, I don't know who's going to be ministering to us today, Lord, I know you'll be here, but just bless the one that's being here today, Father. And I ask now, Father, as we go to the reading of your word, you just come down and speak to our hearts, Lord. And most of all, have your way with us. These are your vessels, Father. And just cleanse us and use us as thy need, Lord. We ask in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we go to Psalms, I think, 13. We're going to be reading 1 through 6. How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will thou hide my face from thee? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Thank you for the reading of the word. You may be seated.
Uh, Thomas, could you come and take the offering this morning for us? Amen. And I just want to thank the Lord also. You see uh, a couple of more musicians up here, Abby and Mercy and Harmony, and just thrills my heart to see what God's doing. And, um, you know, we were listening to the book of Acts, and it says that they grew daily. You know, daily in numbers, daily in gifts, and people just start to uh, uh, live their life and dedicate their life to servitude for God and for His people, for His Word. So uh, just keep all of these young ones in prayer, young and old. We just want this gospel and this assembly to continue to be a light. Um, and wherever the Lord leads, let's uh, sing that song, Something Keeps Holding Me. Amen. We're so thankful for the word of God, that revelation, that life that holds us when we can't, uh, don't know how to get through all of our trials. It, it's the anchor that we rely on our Jesus Christ. The trials of this world were getting Oh, he's got it. 
first verse again. Oh, the trials of this world working in closer.
hearts all stem and the problems I had on yesterday are a stepping stone to a higher place. The trials that seem so awesome to me are now my patterns of victory, and I know I'm headed to my future home, and the voice I hear it's yours alone. Every day I live, oh Lord, I love you more. Just surrender it all to Him this morning. So, all the more that I say the more I hold on to? It said the more I surrender. The more I give up. And that's hard for a human being to do. As Brother John was talking about, you know, it's hard to give up uh, the luxuries of life and the, and the things, you know. But God said he'd supply our needs, not our wants. All right, so he does supply our needs, and, and we needed that today. Let's give Brother John another another hand. <clears throat> Good to be in the house of the Lord. We got several that are that are uh, still trying to get over the wedding, and uh, I thought all the world did that. But I guess we do it too. Brother Bob and them are still down there. Brother Jason Watkins just relaxing today. He's not preaching for him, I don't think. So uh, just remember the family, and we had a wonderful time. Thank you for those that went for your help to help the um, the people get everything ready. It was a place that was back in the sticks, boonies. Alligator Alley, yeah, but it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty place, and, and we sure uh, we sure want to pray for um, Brother Micah and Sister Esther. We hate losing her, but we've gained a brother. He'll be here with us some. So, and and pray for him there in California. I told him I said if you if your glasses start rattling, I said you better get on an airplane. But they're going to Lake Tahoe and different places like that, and get snowed in maybe. Record snow up there, so maybe they'll uh, become snow bunnies and and have a good uh, have a good time and uh, enjoy their honeymoon and uh, and then get them back home. All right. So I want to also 
tell you that um, there's a camp, uh, Brother um, Jason Watkins and, and Brother um, Matthew Watkins. I know some of you helped last year. The camp's going to be October the 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I believe, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be in Brevard, North Carolina this time. It's going to be a new place. It's a beautiful place, bigger place. You don't have to walk two miles to get to the to the place to eat. And uh, we want to try to put our shoulder to the wheel with them. I told them that whatever they needed, because this camp will provide them with a chef or a cook, but only one. So people got to help them cook. So, And I told Brother Matthew, I said, we'll try to help as much as we can. So we may have to, may some of us take a little vacation time and, and go up there and help them, but they're expecting several hundred kids, and um, and we just want to keep praying from here till then, and then be ready if needed. Also remember that Brother Aaron is at, I cannot remember that brother's name, forgive me, in South Carolina, is preaching today. Brother Luis will be speaking for us this coming Wednesday, and Brother Reyes has not called me back, but he's got till next week. He may come visit us next weekend so if not we're still going to have just regular service and everything's going to be just like it is so we come up here now it's april wow coming up to april and and here we go in springtime so um pray for those people tornadoes man everywhere just weather seems to be so so uh, harsh harsher than even than it used to be um and we know what that is that's the earth groaning and waiting for the manifestation of me and you where that we can speak to a storm and it'll go away. Where we can can divert a tornado where it doesn't hit your house. Because Satan would love to kill every one of us. And if he get one little one little crack, but we're not gonna let him get in that crack. Amen. We're gonna keep our shield up and keep everything going well. Now April the first, which is this coming Saturday, will be Bible study. All right. Um I haven't found a place to have it yet besides here, so we'll have it here, and that will be from 6 to 8. Now, we're not going to have time because the next weekend is the uh, Easter meeting, and with Brother Chris Long and Brother Dutch Scott going to be with us, and we'll have a fellowship meeting on that Saturday, but we won't have time to have a prayer meeting, so I'm going to be here about 5 o'clock before the Bible study. If you want to come up here and pray, uh, read your Bible, do you know, do like what we usually do, turn on the music. <clears throat> and then we'll go downstairs at 6 and have Bible study. But we'll have a prayer meeting from 5 to 6. Uh, voluntary, you come in and pray. Um, uh, but I'll open the doors about 5 o'clock, and then at 6 o'clock we'll all go downstairs and have Bible, regular Bible study. So if you have any questions, get them ready. All right. Also remember, April the 7th and 8th and 9th, the 7th will be 7 o'clock. Brother Dutch Scott will be here on Sun, on Friday. At 3 o'clock, we'll have a fellowship meeting. I've called the other pastors of the churches that used to have fellowship meeting. Don't know if any of them are coming, but we're going to have a fellowship meeting at 3 o'clock. Brother Chris Long will be preaching, and we are going to uh, cook like we usually did to do. So we'll announce that next weekend. Also, on the night, Brother Chris Long will be here. That will be Easter Sunday. We'll only have one service. All right, so we'll have Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday regular service for Easter. All right, everybody with me? Good to see Brother Chris with us today. Good to have you, buddy. And uh, also remember, 
to keep Brother Bob and them in prayer. They'll all be, all of them will be traveling back this afternoon, so we want to keep them in prayer. So <clears throat> let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll begin, continue with the Son of Man. Dear Lord, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for the time that we have here to spend, Lord, around your word. Father, I pray that you'd give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses, Lord, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us, Father, and just bless the time that we have, Lord. Just bless our ears that we may hear from you, Father, and our ears that we may see you, Lord, in the manifestation of the word. Be with the ones that are sick, Lord. Sister Frieda and different ones, Lord, and Brother Collie and Brother Darty, one, the ones that are getting older, Father, and, and harder to travel. Sister Regina, different ones, Lord. I pray that you'd help them because I know for a fact they want to be here, Lord. But the spirit is willing, as Jesus said, but the flesh is weak. Well, Father, we pray that you'd strengthen our flesh, that you would strengthen us like Caleb, being 80-something years old. He said, give me my mountain. So it didn't bother him. He was looking at a promise. He wasn't looking at his flesh. If we looked at our flesh every day, we'd never go to work. We'd never go to church. But, Father, we, as our brother said, we got to overcome. we got to fight our way through this. This is a birth, and then this is life that we got to live through. we got to fight our way out of the womb and fight our way into heaven. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us in that battle. You said you would. And as we're going to talk about you today, Lord, you anoint the word that we're about to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're still on the Son of Man, part 96. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's what you brought here today. You brought your flesh. But if you have the Holy Ghost today, you brought God in your flesh into this building. All right? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Now, when, uh, speaking just for a few minutes about beheld His glory, how are you going to behold His glory? In, in, a, in a book? No. Uh, uh, a picture? No. Person. Behold His glory in a person. All right? So we're going to behold. That's what we're doing now. We're beholding the glory of the stature of a perfect man or the stature of Jesus Christ. All right? And the glory of the only begotten of the Father... Full of grace and truth. You may be seated in the Lord at his blessing to the reading of the word. Now we'll go through Second Peter 1, 5. And I told Sister June this morning, I'm going to take a little bit. Uh, we're trying to get through these virtues, but God's kind of taking us on little rabbit trails. And, and that's okay as long as we get back to the regular trail. All right. <clears throat> and besides this, <clears throat> giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance and temperance patience. And patience, godliness. And we're going to get to godliness maybe next week. The Bible tells us because you need to be patient with me. As Brother Jack was talking about, that's really wonderful that he, he kind of put the little exclamation point on, on what we've been talking about, patience. But that's the way God works. Listen, how many times have you been sitting in a, in a service and, and you swear that the, pre, the preacher that comes from from Arizona comes out here and preaches a sermon and y'all swear that I sit there and talked about y'all the whole time, whole weekend. No, we don't. That was the Holy Ghost doing his job. Through a man, he yielded himself and the Holy Ghost knows what you need. I don't know everything you need today. But the Holy Ghost knows everything you need and he can bring it through the foolishness, as the Bible says, of preaching. The Bible says, in, in your patience, possess ye your soul. 1 Timothy 3.16, that's what we're, we might get to today, may not. It says, and without controversy. Now, that's without anybody sitting down debating. That's without anybody sitting wanting to know what your opinion is and your opinion is and your opinion is. It's without controversy. 
I wish we could stay on that for a while without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into the glory. Now, guess what? That's your same journey. That's your same journey. That's you. So now, let's look here just for a minute. This is where I was, uh, we were looking, uh, and sometimes people look at you when you say, well, God had a plan. Well, you know, we sit down, and like Brother John said, we have a plan. We, we, we do a, a budget. That's the way we do it with Dave Ramsey. You do a budget. You sit down, and you make a plan. You plan out what you're going to do. Uh, you can tell people that's just wandered through life and don't have a plan. All right? Amen? And then you've seen people that had a plan and purpose of what they're doing. So God had a plan and a purpose, and Brother Brown said, we'll see it a little bit, that he foreknew who would want to be saved. So let's look at the plan just for a minute, because I want to make a point here in just a second. Jesus died for one purpose, and that was to save those who God foreknew would be saved. Now we're going to talk a minute about predestination. But remember, that as I was talking to a brother um, Saturday, or Friday, and uh, we were talking about you know, you look at a you look at a, a crowd of people, and you go to these meetings and, and camps and different things, and you see three hundred, four hundred, five hundred people, and, and they come under the message under the umbrella of the message of the hour. Now, listen, we're all anointed for a purpose, but some are anointed for this, some are anointed for that. I can't play an instrument. I pray that God's anointed me to be able to preach instead of playing an instrument. So we have, each have a place, like Brother Brandon was talking about each. Each joint. The Bible says each joint supplies. You need these hands. If I didn't have hands, man, you wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to carry something out. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do your job, maybe. So God brings us together under this umbrella of the message. But then you have to do what Brother Brown says. You have to go, all right, there's make believers, true believers, unbelievers, make believers, and true believers. So you've got to separate them out. God does. God sits there and he looks at it and he separates them out. We don't. But by your fruits you'll be known. Then there's a group that's going to be a foolish virgin, and they're going to they're going to separate themselves out. Because this is the plan of God. If not, you know what God would do. Remember what Brother Brown said: If I was God, I'd tell you one time. I'd tell you one time, and that'd be it. I wouldn't stand there and preach seventy-five or a thousand years, or two hundred years, or one hundred and twenty years. He said, "I tell if I was God, I'd tell you one time. And if you didn't do what I said, then out you go." But God's a good God. He's a patient God. And He's patient with each one of us. He knows our needs, and He knows the things to give us. That's right here. God foreknew who would be saved. So by foreknowledge, He foreknew that you would want it. So here you are sitting in the message church, and you've got all these different groups inside of that. Then you got foolish virgin. Then like one brother said, he said, you got the sleeping virgin. Some of y'all need to wake up. But y'all are not asleep yet. So I said, yeah, wait till this afternoon. But remember, the five wise virgins did sleep, fall asleep. Okay, right? It was ten, and all ten of them fell asleep. They all ten woke up. But there were some that had what? a plan. God had a plan for these people, and he also had a plan to fulfill with these people. Even the 144,000, Brother Branham, he tells us, he said, that's the remnant now, he said it's the same material, 
as they would with my shirt or my jacket or my vest. They started with this big piece of material and they cut out. Well, they didn't throw that piece away. They maybe used it for something else to make this, that, make a pair of socks or make a, 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 a handkerchief or something out of it. That's the remnant that God's going to save the Jews, the 144,000. And they're sitting somewhere with the plan of God. In the plan of God. Everybody with me on this? I'm going to try to make it where you got to figure out where you are today. When we realize who we are and what we're doing here, we'll be an invincible army. Some people say, well, I don't know if I'm this. I don't know if that. You better just put your estate down somewhere and say, this is it. Because you're going to be a part of some group. True believers, make believers, and unbelievers. One of the three, all right? So then you take that and you take, okay, we've got a group now that's predestinated to be saved. All right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There's our group. Everybody with me? Then that group then stops to be the foolish virgin, doesn't go on to receive the Holy Ghost. Then you've got a bride. You got a bride that receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, receives the message of the hour, and begins to live a good Christian life. Then you got another group that's predestinated. They're predestinated, Brother Brown said, to adoption. Because not everybody is predestinated to adoption. That's why I'm telling you, you've got to get yourself into the plan somewhere. Find out where you are. Find out where you're not. And that's by the foolishness of preaching. Brother John, what he preached today, to me that just that helps you place your mind, not just so much on dollars and cents, but cents. S-E-N-S-E. Not C-E-N-T-S. The sense that you have, that same sense that you apply to that plan he's talking about, you need to apply to the plan of God. Figure out where you're at. Figure out what you're doing here. Why am I here, Lord? Have you ever just sat down and said, why me, Lord? Why am I here? What what am I doing here? So there's that group that's that's predestinated to adoption. We'll read it here in just a few minutes. I'll let Brother Brown lay the plan down for us a little bit. But I want you to understand, so that the plan is adoption. So there's a group of people that's going to go all the way up the statue of perfect man to there where it says Holy Spirit. And they're going to be a powerhouse of God. But then there's another group of people. Oh, don't get quiet. That group's going to take a body change. That group's going to be the Abraham group. The Enoch group. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. But that's a group that's a, as it goes more and more to the head, it gets narrower and narrower and narrower. Brother Branham said one time, a knife blade edge. Now, it don't look too much, but you take that knife blade and you put it under a microscope, it goes to nothing. If it's a very sharp blade, it just goes to nothing. That's how fine it's going to be. And God didn't decide which one you got in. You did. Because look, he would that all be saved. God would that all go up to statue of perfect man. He would that all would have a desire in their heart to be headstone people, which would be the son of man ministry, the, the part of God, the seals that we can understand now. Excuse me. Ticker flea one. Got in the back of my head. 
<clears throat> well, you don't have to laugh so hard. So Jesus, look, Jesus died then for one purpose. But, but, he knew who would or who wouldn't. He didn't own the cross, I don't think. He was a human dying. The Father knew. So that's the same person. Yeah, it is. But that remember, he moved over in another form called a son. And remember, Brother Brown said he didn't know all things as a son. Come on, somebody. Remember, he didn't know about what was going to happen till till what? Till Elijah and Moses showed up and told him about the resurrection. So there's certain things to me and you that, that we've got to hang on and hang on and hang on and hang on to. And then if you let go, then whose problem is it? Our problem. Your problem. My problem. When I let go of God because he said he'd never let go of us. But he knows who, who is going to be saved and who not. Somebody asked Brother Brown, said, said Brother Brown, God knows who exactly will be saved. He said, correct. But we don't. As ministers, we don't. We don't put people in classes. We put our own self in the class. Amen. So let's continue on. So now that there is a plan. Remember the, the definition of a plan is a method of achieving an end. That's what a plan is. When you're going to build a house, you start with plans, and when you get finished with that plan, you walk into the house. So it has an end to it. Like, like, like I've always said, sin has an expiration date. Sin has an end to it. But God doesn't have an end to it. The blessings of God doesn't have an end to it. But there's a detailed plan that God had and a purpose for everybody to be on the face of the earth. you got to figure out which one you are. Why are you saying that? I don't want anybody to get lost in the, well, we got to be this great mighty. Get born again. Get born again. Know that you're in that group. Then say, Lord, help me through these virtues so that I can understand more about you than I did when I became a Christian. Ever how many years ago? Two, three, four, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty. Ever how many or ten minutes? That's right. God knew there was going to be somebody saved and there had to be a preparation. So see, he knew somebody was going to be saved so he had to make a way for him to get back. He knew somebody was going to, what? Just take these, say, Lord, give me these virtues. So he had them there. He displayed them. Well, I don't know about that. See, you cut yourself off. There had to be a preparation or a way made for them to be saved. If there wasn't, salvation wasn't possible. So God, for knowing that people would be saved, knowing who they were, he had to lay a plan down. Now you say, Brother Brown, then God knows exactly who would be saved correctly. Why does he say he's not willing that any should perish? He isn't. God's not willing that any. He's, he actually went to the cross to save everybody, what? That wanted to be saved. Right. Right. He isn't willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. But they or, in order to be God, he has to know who will do it, or he wasn't God. Because he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's at every place and all-powerful. So foreknowledge looks back and says that he foresaw this. What? He foresaw this. Today, he foresaw this. Right here today. And knows that's the reason he could tell what the end was from the beginning. What time are we in? End time. We're not in the beginning. 
beginning time. We're in the end time. So I don't say forget about the beginning, but don't worry about the beginning. You worry about the end time. And therefore, knowing that all these marvelous days that we're living in now, and to stand and witness and see the things that we now see, God had to make a preparation for it. What the Holy Ghost was given for. The cool of the evening, he'd come down and commune with them. And he lost that fellowship because sin would not let him do it. And then he was made flesh and dwelt among us in order that he could come back again to man and live in man. Look, and restore man to a state of communion with him again. I know this is simple, but you're going to have to get this plan of redemption down before we can go and rise on up into these virtues. Know that you want them. And as Brother John said, listen, I'm going to read you a quote because... I want us to understand when they went into promise, they went into the promised land, right? They were promised people in a promised land, but they had to fight for every inch of ground once they got there. So it's not a picnic; it's a battle. He can give us forks and spoons to fight with. That's to eat with. Restore man to a state of communion with him again and give him back his God-given right. That's what he did. That's the purpose of the Holy Ghost. It's the Father again, God the Father dwelling in you, look, working out his plan to finish his plan of redemption. Working through you, making you a co-worker with him, heirs and joint heirs with Christ, giving you a place, giving you a part for your fallen lost brother and sister giving you his spirit and his love to go hunt the lost as he did in the Garden of Eden. Adam, Adam, where art thou? That's what the Holy Spirit does to a man or a woman. Look, when it strikes your heart and takes his abode, there's a thirst and hunger for lost souls. Is that here? Hmm? No, it's me for and no more. No, I want everybody saved. When I walk in the store and I look at people and I go, man, if you just knew... Just give your heart to God. And you see people like say, Brother John, you see people that's just, you know, just debt laden and they can't make ends meet and, and their and their grocery carts that you know, that full of junk. Junk. And you're like, Lord of mercy. Anyway, that's what's the matter with the meetings today. There's not enough spirit touch in it to go for the souls of the lost and the dying. It's more to make a name or a church or a building or a denomination instead of a soul-winning program. How pitiful. Today, as we meet today, is it not that you want... I, I don't want to come in here and want me saved. I want you saved. I do. I want you saved. I'm a servant. Servants are wanting the people. I, I get up and I look in the mirror and I make sure, as, as Mama always tells us, check your tie, check your uh, coat tail or your shirt tail and your zipper. And your hair to make sure everything's good before you walk outside. She always told, told Daddy to do that. Check this, check this, check this. And I say, Lord God, whether you throw me out in the ditch, help somebody today. Help one person. I don't care if it's a whole group because some of y'all are already asleep. And it's not helping you at all. Now, God's secret mystery he had before the world began. Now, back in the back part of God's mind. See, folks, this is where we're going. Brothers and sisters, if you're not in the mind of God, you'll never get in the mind of God. So you got to know and realize if you're born again today, you are not just 
in the mind of God, you are the mind of God. All right? And he had a plan and a purpose. And there was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. And look, he had a motive in doing it. In order to let himself be expressed, because first there wasn't even a moon, star, atom, molecule, or anything. He was God. But he exactly wasn't God at that time because God's an object of worship, and there wasn't nothing to worship him. So in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. And thank God that he sent us a prophet that could go into the mind of God. He says in the Christ of God, let's go back into the back part of God's mind. And let's see what God's thinking about. Because remember, if it's a false doctrine... That ain't the mind of God. That's the mind of the devil. There's only two powers. And in him was love. In him was father, son, savior. In him was to be a healer. All these great attributes that we see already expressed, they were in God. So we need to know then that we need to add as our new birth. We need to add to that if we're going to be in that group that wants more of God. Some don't. But you should. You know why some people don't want more God? They don't have any God in them. Well, don't get quiet. Think about it. But what's more important than anything else? The Word of God. The Word of God is more important than anything else. Brother Brown will tell you, the Bible tells you, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added to you. We put everything in the world in front of the Word of God, and I'm included. We, we, don't, we insert things between us and God. God doesn't, except Him. We insert, well, I can't because I, because I. When we're going to start saying, brother, like Brother Bram said, when we're going to start saying what God said, not what we said, or not what your neighbor said, or not what your other guy said, or this guy said. I'm worried about what God said, all right? What is it, that Holy Ghost bunch being honed so that it can fit with the same kind of ministry he had when he went away? That when he comes back... Now remember, Brother Brown's standing here. Let's see what is... I can't remember where that where I got that quote from. But he's standing and in, in, he's preaching this probably in the 60s. Because <clears throat> he's talking about honing a group of people that has the same kind of ministry. He's standing there knowing that he has brought that ministry on earth. He's brought the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man message, he's brought back to this earth, and he's now trying to get a people to see it. But he knows that only a small group, that honed group, is going to be able to see it. Listen, folks, I don't want us to say, well, I've been in a message, and I don't, I don't, why do we stamp dates? Well, I've been in a message 40 years, I've been in a message 20 years, well, I've been here at this church 40 years. Well, why do you still act like you do if you've been in church for 40 years? <laughs> Praise the Lord anyhow. But the same kind of ministry. Listen, this, this, this message will change you. Jesus Christ will change you and make your soul perfect. But that's not all. There's another group that's going to let the message of the hour dig deeper. And get into the virtues of God. And not have the virtue of your mama and your daddy and your brother and your sister. You have the virtue of God. Yes. Amen. I want the traits and characteristics of Him. Amen. All man's going to fail. Every man that ever came out of a womb and said, Why? They failed. Right. You failed right then because you're going to die if God don't change your body. Right. But there's something inside. As Brother Luis 
your soul's worth 10,000 worlds. And you sit here and just fall asleep and you don't even say amen. Some if y'all say amen, it'd crack your face open. Why? You need if you don't, what are you here for? What are you here? Go find you a ball game somewhere. Go find you something that stimulates your soul. If this don't stimulate your soul, you got an issue. Not with me, you got an issue with God. You ought to walk in that door supercharged. Amen. Not just charged up, supercharged. And expect to not hear from me or Brother John or Brother, or Brother Luis. To hear from God. Amen. Then God's going to talk to you. Lord. I'm sorry. We are so dilatory. This church and every other church. We ought to be on fire. This is it. This is the end time. This is the last. This is the fourth quarter. Man, I, I said it to a soccer game the other day. About as boring as golf. But to somebody else, it was pretty exciting. And I'm telling you guys, they, they go for a, an hour and score one point. This way, run this way, and kick and kick, run this way, and kick and kick, kick and and, and stop, and run this way, and kick and kick, run this way, and kick, kick. But there was two or three people sitting down below us, and I'm over there going, "Oh man, when will this thing end?" But there's mamas and daddies down there. They're like, "Go, Johnny!" Johnny wasn't even on the field. He just looked like Johnny to mama. But they were happy because their kid was kicking a ball. No, and it wasn't gonna be but one to nothing. <laughs> but they were excited about it. Yes, you know, you're not gonna go to a soccer game and it be fifty-two to fifty-four, or fifty-four to fifty-two. Now, football you do, basketball you do, baseball in an odd time you might get that. But soccer is gonna be one zero zero zero, and then they're gonna have to kick. But what I'm, the, what I'm getting to though, they play sixty minutes, and I mean they're like. One minute before the ball game was over. Oh, everybody goes to screaming, get that one point. And them kids are running in that one minute. Why? They knew the game was fixing to be over. They had played 60 minutes of upside down and upside down, this back and forth. But they knew they had one minute. Somebody needed to score. And it was a frenzy. That's what it should be here. It should be a frenzy. And that's not working anything up. That's coming from here out. Look, that pyramid will stand again. The house of God. What is the house of God? It's not bricks and mortars. You will live again. The tree of life is growing again. Listen to this. Genesis 5 verse 22. Now here is Enoch. Now what does Enoch type? He types the rapturing are the translated saints. Is that right? He was translated without seeing death. And what was his confession? What was the Bible's commentary of Enoch? He walked with God. He didn't sit down with his finger stuck on his... He walked with God. Even after he begot Methuselah. 300 years. 
You think he was bored? He lived three hundred. He lived nine hundred something years himself, or five hundred something years. I'm sorry. And then he had a kid that lived nine hundred years, and all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty-five years. And here is the last commentary of Enoch. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He was a great stonemason, one of the greatest that ever lived. Because you know why? His pyramids made it through the flood. Oh, don't get quiet. His pyramids made it through the flood. They're still standing like they were 7,000 years ago, 8,000 years ago. He was a man. Why? We have a master stonemason that came 2,000 years ago. And he built a church. And that church, the gates of hell, is going to try, but it will not prevail against it. Come on, people. We're letting it prevail. We're letting it happen. Stop letting it happen. You know it's coming. As we get older, we know death is coming. But do you know one thing for sure? We're sitting here today. I was thinking about coming to church. I don't know the statistics. I was going to look it up, but I got caught up in the singing with y'all and didn't look it up. You know by the time this church service is over and we go out to eat, that five or 6,000 people in the United States have died. Over the world, it's probably ten or 15,000. I don't know. You can Google it. Fifty people in in Georgia may die of a car wreck before in a car wreck before we get out of church service. We're not guaranteed anything, nothing at all. Think about a group of people over there that was in Turkey not too long ago. They were sitting comfortable in their homes, their high rises, and all that. And within one minute, seven or eight thousand of them died by that earthquake, just like that. What are you saying, Brother Wade? We better get serious. You are not guaranteed your next breath. And as the song says, do you want your Lord to be satisfied with you? There was another man, Noah. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So what is this? This is a walk. Now watch what Brother Brown said in an adoption series. You ready for this? Wake up. Because here it comes. The land was provided and divvied up by inspiration. He's talking about the children of Israel going into the promised land. Everybody with me? And each one, I could take the scripture and show it to you exactly that he put them in the place where he was supposed to be. Now positionally, that's what we're talking about now. They got into the land and then they were placed where they're supposed to be. How that the two and a half tribes was to stay across the river. How that their mothers cried at their birth and each one had their place was supposed to be. And after you're in, that don't mean that you're free from war. You still have to fight for every inch of ground you stand on. So see, Canaan did not represent heaven because it's war and troubles and killings and fighting and so forth. But it did represent this, that it must be a perfect walk. And there's where the church is failing today on that walk. We still believe Brother Brown was a prophet. This is not my idea. I'm just reading it right straight off. Well, you're reading this when I'm reading it. And I got in big old red bowl letters. Do you know that even your own behavior can knock somebody else out of getting healed? So I tell you, folks, 
When you don't see me up here praying for nobody, you'll know my hands up. And the first thing I say is, God, do not let anything in my life hinder them from being healed. Oh, brother, you need to be over there praying with them and shaking. No! If I have something, and if I stop it, I'm going to have to give an account for it. But if I can say, God, if they don't get their healing, it's not because something that I'm doing or not doing. Do you know that even your own behavior can knock somebody else out of getting healed? Your misbehavior of unconfessed sins of you believers. That didn't say unbelievers. So let's take the make-believers and unbelievers out. Let's just talk to you believers right now. Your misbehavior of unconfessed sins of you believers can cause this church to bitterly fail. And at the day of judgment, you'll be responsible for every bit of it. Oh, you say, now wait a minute, Brother Brown. Well, that's the truth. Think of it. So think about that. That's why. That's why I'm telling you that everything that we do is not do's and don'ts. If you really think about it. I know it's on paper that, that you should do this and shouldn't do that. You got your Ten Commandments. You got all these things, you know. You got all that, you know, uh, dressing and hair, and we got all these things that we. And then Brother Brown comes up and in church order, and I've got the book back there. Finally, I found one that I could read on um, church order and doctrine. And Brother Brown said, one time he says, you can't wait for the doors to open to get in here to worship God. Next time he says, 20 to 30 minutes before the service, you need to be in here praying. Some of y'all get here two minutes before the service. You know what you're doing? You're dragging all them demons you got in here. You talking about me? Yeah, if you're two or three, if you come in two or three minutes before the service starts, yeah, I'm talking about you. Well, you get quiet all you want to, but it's time for us. If we don't get in this plan, the plan is going to move on. So there's a purpose for us to come. Don't come in here because Brother Wade said you got to be here 20 minutes before the service. You ought to know in your heart. It ought to be a desire to get here early and to get up. Brother Brown even talks about coming to the altar. He said, if you want to quietly slip down here and pray, he said, you come down here and pray. He even says one time, if you want to be prayed for, let them pray for you before the service starts. Hmm. We wait till the end when all the anointing. Well, if you need help at first, I'd rather get that demon off of you now and then I can preach a lot better. And you can listen a lot better. Unconfessed sin will cause a church to fail. Help me, God. Help me, God. I know we're human. I know we make mistakes. I know we have things in our mind that are running through right now, like wanting me to shut up and, and shoot. Shoot that man. Hey, Brother Dale, I'll tell you, he's honest. He'd go to work with Brother Moe. Brother Moe would be playing tapes. And this was before Daddy got in the message. He'd be playing tapes, and the devil would say, just reach and grab that stern wheel and push, push him off the road and kill him. Just kill that guy. Shut him up. But thank God he did. Amen. See what? He overcame that demon that was trying to tell him that. Amen. So you and I can do the same thing. How do you overcome? Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Not just move over, but flee. Listen, if he can tempt tempt Jesus himself, he's sure going to tempt you. But how did Jesus, he didn't come and do some magic. He didn't do some miraculous healing to prove to the devil. He said, devil, it is written. 
Devil, it is written. Devil or Satan, it is written. That's all he said. That's all. Then when the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you, that's what the Bible says. You know what we do? We invite him in to sit down and have coffee. Tea, meal. I'm talking about all of us today. If we're going to be a honed group to get up into this statue of perfect man, we've got to start living, walking different. All of us. Why has God given us 60 years since the prophet left? 60 years for us to get this message right. Because remember, he didn't come preach no, other, no more sermons. He got all the sermons done in 1965 in December. Then he passed on. He has no more sermons to deliver to us. He, and I'll promise you one thing's for sure. If you think he's coming back, then you are a lazy bum. Because that's what it makes you. Well, we're waiting on Brother Brown to come back. You know why? Because you can sit on, sit in your couch with your legs folded and listen to tapes. That's not what the Bible said. I'm worried about more Jesus coming than I am Brother Brown coming. I better get Jesus in here so I can see him when he comes. We know the prophet's coming back. We know, but he's not going to come back on his own. He's bringing all those with him, but it's going to be because somebody, some group of people, took their self and said, God, use me. I want to see Brother Gary Atkins. I want to see Brother Ray. All the different ones. Brother Richard Marlowe. I want to see him. But I want to see him the way I saw him here. I want to see him in their youth. I want to see him come kicking and screaming through the door and not even have to open it. And you can hug him. What a mystery. That's what we're looking at. That's what the Word of God will do. It will change you. It will not cause you to get worse. If you get worse, you get worse for your own accord. The Word of God, as Brother Dale has always said, those of you who don't pay your tithes, pay your tithes for one year. Every service, well, not every service, but pay your tithes. You know how to do that. Pay your tithes. Pay your offering. If you're not better in a year, he said he'd give you every bit of it back. He has never had to give a dime back if you'll do what God said. And I'll promise you, if you'll come to church, that's why y'all fight. Y'all fight each other, not each other, between you fight your other, your other, your other person. <clears throat> One of your personalities. No, you fight yourself. You fight yourself. You're not fighting God. You fight yourself. So like I said before, you take all of what Brother Brown said about coming to church. The reason he said 20 minutes early or 30 minutes early, he knows we're human. He knows we got to get all that cleaned out. He knows that he looks back in the Old Testament and he sees Saul. Saul is troubled with evil spirits, the Bible says. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Troubled with evil spirits. And what happens? Somebody come in and shout and scream and lay hands on him? No. He called. He said, man, I feel good when David comes and plays that harp. Yeah. Yeah. So he brought a harp. And he starts playing, and what the Bible says, the evil spirits left him. That's why we sing to begin a service with. That's why we worship to begin a service with. Not because it's in an order. It's to get all those demons. At least get them mashed up against the wall. If you can't get them out of here, well, let's mash 
them up against the wall, Brother Lee. You keep them up there. But look, I'm not going to get anywhere, but we're going to get to this. We are made protectors of His holiness. We in His image are a living image of a living God. Dead to self, raised with Him. Now listen, listen to this. His Word made flesh again in us. Oh, Brother Neville, look. What is it? Not the mythical, imaginary God sitting out there, but the living God. What is the living God? The Word in you, making itself real. Glory to God. It's not somebody we want to... Listen, it's it's okay to see a light. It's okay to see a a, a foggy anointing or, or something come over and you can see it. But Satan can do the exact same thing. But when you get it right in here, when that light shines from here out, Satan can't impersonate that. He cannot. Oh, I know you think I'm a holy roller. Maybe I am. But, oh, brother, do you see it? Triumph over every denomination. Paganism. A living God made manifest in a living temple. And the word of God, which is God, is made flesh where? In you. Why you're seated in heavenly places triumphed over all things in Christ Jesus. Amen. Psalms 42 says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Here's Brother Brown talks about this is what he said in the film, Deep Calls to the Deep. Now, before when the deep calls to the deep, before there can be a deep call, there has to be a deep to respond to it. That's why you can't sit still in the church of a living God and have a deep call inside. It's got to come out or you don't have it at all. I'm just reading your... Listen. People get happy with coupons now. You're talking about coupons. <laughs> People get happy when they get coupons in the mail. Tell me, I'm a, I'm a postal delivery person. They come out to the post office. I didn't get my coupons today. Well, they'll be in your mailbox tomorrow. I'll get them. Okay, I'll get them. i got to go to Kroger. i got to go to this place. i got to go to church. <laughs> Before there can be a deep call, there has to be a deep to respond. Listen. There's something in there called out for more of God. You might have been living in a justified state before God, but you wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you hungered for it. Now, the very reason that there is a Holy Ghost is because you were hungering for it. You would never hunger for it unless there was something in here to call for it out of there. See what I mean? What would God call a people out of this evil age for? His name. The reason of it is, is to try her, his bride. Oh, ain't picnic, folks. You know that. The reason is to try her, his bride. When she is made manifest, been tried, been proven, proved to who? Satan. Like it was at the beginning, so shall it be at the end. I wrote myself a note. I want God to be proud of me. I want my Lord to be satisfied with me, right? I want my life to be what it has to be. And when I come to the great eternity, I want him to say, come on in. I'm satisfied with you. 
But those of us that want more of God, we want virtue, the strength of God, the knowledge of God, to know right from wrong, not right from wrong out there. It's, it's nice to know that, 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 you know, people like Brother John are teaching these courses, but a, 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 I'm sorry, but a devil-possessed person can, can get their finances right, you know. But a Christian, a devil can't get a Christian right. A devil always make you wrong. But something inside of us, the knowledge that we need God, and then, yes, we need to work on our finances. Right? You can holler all you want to. It's good to have money in your pocket. I thought I got a lot more amens out of that than the whole sermon. It's nice to have a little jingle in the pocket. Right? And if you get it the right way, and you paid your tithe, and God pours out a blessing, then praise the Lord. Temperance, self-control. Temperance doesn't mean stop drinking alcohol. No, temperance doesn't mean alcoholic cure. It's Bible temperance, Holy Spirit temperance. That's just one of the lusts of the flesh. How to control your temper. And we all have an issue with that. Okay. Fly off every time anybody speaks cross to you. Boy, a lot of us are going to fall off before we get started, aren't we? Remember, Brother Branham, I guarantee you, when he's sitting here pre- standing here preaching this sermon... He's remembering in his mind that he almost killed a group of kids because of his temper. He almost killed a man because of his temper. That went right through his head. And listen, that went right through Peter's head too. Peter cut a man's ear off before he got the Holy Ghost. So he could say, add to your faith virtue. I like what a brother said not too long ago. He said, Peter was the one that could, he, he lived it. That's why he could say, add to your faith. But then Paul comes and tells you how to do it. Because really, just Peter says, add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience. And he kind of gives you a little commentary. But the whole, everything uh, that Paul has to say is putting these virtues in line. So that we'll know how to do it. Know why. Boy, a lot of us are going to fall off before we get started. Then we wonder why God is not in his church doing miracles and things that they used to do. Yes, sir. Temperance, how to answer in kindness when wrath is spoke to you. Somebody say, you bunch of holy rollers, don't jump out, roll up your sleeves now. But talk with godly love, temperance, kindness. Is that the way you want to be, congregation says? When you're riled up, rile not back. Let him be your example. If you still blow up and fuss and stew and carry on, you ain't got enough temperance. You can't add that because it won't add. It won't vulcanize. Then we're talking about vulcanization. The same kind of Holy Ghost temperance that he had, then it will vulcanize with him. You're added to it. Then remember, we know what vulcanization was. It is a process that puts something together that can't be pulled back apart. So what are you saying, brother? Wade? The impact of this is uh, this is that you're not going. God's not going to give you temperance and then take it away from you. He's not going to take take temperance away from you once you get it and you get it solidified in there. He's not going to take it away from you. It can't be reversed. Vulcanization. Why, brother? I'm use that word vulcanization. He only used it in statue of perfect man because he knows that when we get right here, look. It's a scripture says in Ephesians four talks about compacted. That's what that Holy Spirit does. What do we do when we build houses and when we build things? And if Brother Gary was here to tell you, that foundation's got to be good. So we had a, uh, used to a long time ago, we'd had a, a tamping rod that had a thing on it. Remember, Brother Donnie? And you'd tamp that thing down and you'd tamp it down and tamp it down. Then you put your concrete over it. But if you didn't, 
If it was just something you just throwed a bunch of loose sand out there and then you tried to build a foundation, well, guess what's going to happen? It's going to fall off one side or the other. Same way with us. That's why we've listened to Brother Dale for 40, 50 years. That's why now you're listening to all these ministers. I told Brother Luis uh, Friday, I appreciate the ministers we have in this church. Amen. Absolutely appreciate them. And I'm telling you, too, the Bible talks about exercising your gift. I told them, I said, y'all need to get out. If anybody invites you to preach, don't say no. Go. Because you get better the more you practice. The Bible says exercise your gift. And that's what we want to do. We want to let them, you know, let preach at Wednesday nights and preach different times. I want them to exercise their gift. I want them to be able to bring something to us that we can take in. It's not just me and, and Brother Dale and that's it. It's a five-fold ministry that we listen to all that. We benefit from Brother Jack Duff coming in and, and bringing what he brought last, last weekend and bringing a different angle of sanctification, I mean, uh, uh, patience, battles. Well, that's what the whole thing is. I just never said it and I never looked at it that way. But this is all a battle. Patience is a battle. Somebody tell me they've whipped patience. We pray for liars. Right? So guess what? We need patience. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. That's why we come to church. That's why we listen to the prophet's message. That's why we that's why we gather together. What? To bring us together. You know what Satan is? He divides and conquers. Listen to this. Let me give you something that'll help you. Remember, Satan divides and conquers. That's why the the Pope, you know, he's always, that's not victory. He's dividing and conquering everywhere he's going. He's separating you from God. Now, listen, when Satan separates you from God, I promise you, he's got somebody that he's going to hook you up with. He's just not going to separate you and let you just go out into the woods. No, he's got somebody in mind. When he was there in Nicaea, Satan knew if he got the church away from the true believers, he could have a pope. Amen? He could have a denomination. So he was dividing and conquering. But remember, he's got his own plan. He's got his own agenda. If he separates you from the church, he's got somewhere he's going to send you to. And it ain't good. Think about that. Yeah, he's a divider, but guess what? He, he's got something else he's got in mind that he's going to bring you in his way. What did he do with Adam and Eve? He didn't just separate them. He knew what he would do if he could get them separated. He knew what he could do with Eve. Everybody with me? So let's compact it. By that whichever joint supply, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, make its increase of the body into the edifying itself in love. In other words, that word means knit together. To cause the person to unite with one in a conclusion or come to the same opinion. Prove, demonstrate, teach, instruct. That's what we need is the compacting of this message of the hour. Instead of having all these different doctrines, Bob and I were talking um, Friday and, and uh, Brother Whitby made a comment years ago. This before he passed away. We were at a um, minister's breakfast up in Ruth and there was probably 100 preachers in the, in the building. And Brother Whitby looked around and he said, how many different doctrines do you think is in this room right now? Supposed to be just one. The message. But Satan, what? Dividing and conquering. 
He's trying in the message to divide and conquer us because he's wanting to send you to another person. He's wanting to send you to a tape ministry. He's wanting to send you to Jeffersonville. I'm sorry, folks. He's wanting to send you to somewhere that's off the Word of God. All right, let's have patience just for a second. We'll close right here. Patience is not mentioned in the Old Testament. Because to have real godly patience, you've got to have the new birth. Because we read many, there's more scripture about patience, and it's in the Old Testament, but now there's many scriptures that talks about being patient, but it doesn't say that word. It talks about long-suffering, and it talks about all these different things, so let's read them here. In the New Testament, it's the characteristic of a man who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety. So you can't just say, well, I'm just patient. No, there's something you've got to be patient with. And what Brother Ram tell us to be? Patient with God. Listen to this just for a second, then we'll close. Hebrews 6, verse 10 said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through look through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he lifted his hand and he said, Adam, let's go back. Adam, I'm going to do it. Abraham, I'm going to do it. Jesus, come to the earth. I am the I am. I am the one that's going to do it. You just need to plug yourself into me. For when God made promise to Abraham because he couldn't swear, nobody else, he swore by himself. James 1 verse 2 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into many temptations. What? Joy? When you fall into one temptation? No, that word divers means many temptations. There's not a person in here that's not going through some kind of temptation. Hmm? Knowing this, all right, James, he's, he's, he's giving us the mind of God. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her. It's a she. Whoops. It's a bride. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Brother John, you paid way too much for that house. But with your, but with your patience, in your patience, possess you your wallet in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That feels good, doesn't it? It feels good. I think when we first took the Dave Ramsey course, that was back in, my goodness, two, 2000s. We had $6,500 in, in um, credit card debt, which is not much compared to the average now that everybody's got. It's like $20,000. But we paid that off in about two months. We just found things. It was just things laying everywhere. We sold stuff. I, I like what Dave Ramsey said. He said, sell so much stuff that you kids get nervous. <laughs> Did you get nervous? Daddy, don't sell me. You wake up with a price tag on your thumb. You get twice as much for me 
But that's the same way with the gospel. There was things John did. There was things Alicia give up to have what they have. So why saying why don't we? And we know that we that's okay. Like I said, it's okay to have money. It's okay to build certain things here. You got to have money to survive, and it does make you feel good when you got a little bit left over in your paycheck. <clears throat> but if you put everything on that, you become a rich young ruler. Where you believe the message, you don't cut your hair, you don't smoke, you don't drink. Everybody with me? Sell it all and follow me. He couldn't do it. And where did he lift up his eyes? In hell. He had missed it because of his riches. He had missed it because of his job. He had missed it because he built a bunch of barns and he needed to get more stuff in it. We don't have stuff, do we? Okay, bless your heart. That's why they're building these... That's why they're building these storage units. Like, hundreds at a time. Maysville, Georgia's got 150 storage units. There ain't that many people in the whole town. But you know what? They'll fill them up. Why? Because of stuff. Well, let's get rid of our stuff. The weight of sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience. Eat up out of walk with God, but today, Brother George, we got to run. And that's what we're supposed to do, reflect the Son of God. Now, we're supposed to do His work. He said, He that believeth on me, John 14, 7, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. You're beginning to reflect the works of Christ. But so many of us try to do the works of Christ before the reflection of Christ is in us. Now, there's the trouble. We find those things happening, you know. I know it. I read the scripture, long, Brother Dale preached on this a long time ago about, you know, Brother Ram said running, preach running without a message or running ahead of God's program. God's got a program and a plan and we got to be right there with it. We can't run ahead of it. That's what he's saying right here. Look, you know, I know it. We see these stumbles along the road. We find the scrap heap of ministers, Christians. Now, he ain't talking about unbelievers. He ain't talking about sinners, prostitutes. He's talking about us. Ministers, Christians, piled along the road is because they didn't go into it right. Because we tried to go ahead of God's program. That's why I'm here this morning, is to try to teach this little church and myself how that we can become the dwelling place of the living God. How many like that? Congregation says amen. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But is what? Long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, as Brother Brown was telling us, but that all should come to repentance. James 5, verse 7 says, Be patient. Musicians, come on. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it. Folks, have you ever realized this? We talk about Genesis 1, and we talk about going back into eternity, and there's only God himself, right? But he had attributes, and he wanted to have these things. He wanted to have all these children. He wanted to have these people that were a walking, living, breathing instrumentality of God. Amen? But remember, for him to be and have a plan and purpose, he was a savior, a healer, a redeemer, and all these different things. He had to not make man get lost. 
He had to allow us to make a choice. And in our choice, we got lost. So he could become a savior. He could become a redeemer. He could become a healer. Not becoming, he always wasn't. But you and I are the recipients of that. So the husbandman, Christ, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, us, and hath long patience for it. Remember, he had to drop down into time for me and you. And right now we're separated from God. We can't see God face to face. Amen? We can't see Jesus face to face. We see him through the attributes. We see him through pillar fire. We see him through all these. But we don't see the body of Jesus, and we won't see him until we go to the marriage supper. That's how much sin has pulled us apart from God. But he made a way for us to get back in the spiritual realm. And in that spiritual realm, come on, people, that spiritual realm one day is going to take over this guy. And it's going to be God. Let's stand to our feet. He has been so patient. Come on, bride. Come on, bride. Get in the plan. Come on. But he's got so much patience till he received the former or early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Draweth now. That was written 2,000 years ago. Then fourthly, we want to add patience to your faith. If you got faith, the Bible says it worketh patience. Let's go on down. Brother Brown says we have glory, we have shouts and things because we got faith. But when we come down to these things here, God can't build us into that stature. See, he can't. He can't make us up to that kind of a place. We got all these other things. We fall, slide off. He can't build his church. I read you this a long time when we first got started. There's many examples. Even Paul looks at, I believe it was the Galatians or somewhere, y'all know where the scripture is, where he looks and he said, though I have all faith to move mountains. Right? And the way he said, though I have all faith to move move a mountain. Have you ever done that before? He said, though I have all faith and though I know all the mysteries, but I have not charity. I have not that love that he's talking about right there. I'm a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Just making noise. So Brother Brown take, picks it up and he says right here in the Statue of Perfect Man, paragraph 146, he says, faith alone won't do it. Whew. I bet you the theologians were having a fit because he was talking about faith. He's talking about faith. Faith the foundation. Faith this. Faith that. And then he stops and he says, faith alone won't do it. Then Abraham, we find out, didn't obey God just right. Now he made ready and had faith in the promise. But see, we can still have faith in the promise and then not obey. Still, it'll hinder us. That's where we wanted to get to. Still, have faith in the promise and then not obey. What did we read the scripture where, where Samuel tells Saul, kill them all? Get rid of the kings. Make sure that country does not ever rise up again. Even kill the goats and the animals and kill the kids. I want them all destroyed. That's what God said through Samuel. And then Saul takes it upon himself to save a few. Samuel walks up. He said, do I hear some sheep blatant out in your backyard? 
And I hear two kings hollering and screaming in the, in the jail, though he had them in jail. What did he tell them? He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. Because I'm sure Saul said, well, hey, we're going to bring them here. We're going to make them one of us. we got all these lambs now. We can make all kind of, all kind of uh, sacrifices to God now with all these. You know what Samuel done? He took his sword. Y'all think we mean sometimes. Samuel took his sword and he said, bring him two kings out here. He didn't just stab them. He cut their heads off. And you know what he done? He had, I believe he stuck that sword in the ground and he told Saul, he said, you have been rendered from the house of God because you didn't obey. Because to obey what I said was greater than the sacrifice of you bringing all these people in here and bringing all this stuff. And listen, let me tell you, and putting up with the demons we put up with. Hmm. Well, I got all of us, didn't it? Just faith alone won't work because faith without works is dead. If you've got faith, folks, if we've got real true faith, it will produce itself. And people will be able to see it. Just like the borderline believers. Let me get this and then we'll finish. Got people today you find in the Bible that said, For it is impossible for those which are once enlightened and made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Pretty good believer. Message believer. Or message person. And fall away to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and count the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. I don't have to do that. That's just old preacher telling me something. And done despite to the works of grace. Now in Hebrews 10 it also says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And those people, you've seen them come to church. They'll come and they'll say, oh, yes, I believe. Yes, sir, I. But they'll, they believe it, but they'll never look, lay their hands to it to turn one wheel to help it go on. Well, I'm just reading what prophet says. Don't be mad at me if you like Brother Dale said. Don't be mad because I found this quote. They believe it, but they'll never lay their hands what? They'll never want to go up that statue of perfect man. They'll hinder. They'll hinder services. They'll hinder all. I'm just telling you what he says. To turn one wheel to help it go on. See, now that's just like it was in the Bible, like Caleb and Joshua. Come back with the evidence that they've been over in the promised land. But those other believers, well, they weren't believers. They were unbelievers. Oh, it's too great. We can't do it. But they hung along just the same. You remember, Joshua and Caleb said, we can take it. The other ten said, like I preached one time, ten lying preachers, they lied. They lied. But they, you know what happened? Them ten lying preachers, they just kept right on going, kept them all. You know what? They kept them all in the wilderness. And then one day they all died, except Joshua and Caleb. Because they did what God said. They had that burning in their heart. They had patience to wait 40 more years, knowing that that promised land was only about 10 miles across the desert and they walked brother dale's walked with us 50 some years through all of our crying through all of our this and that and the other and all of our fussing and fighting joshua takes in promised land takes in promised land they never got to enter the promised land just those who came back with faith that we could now, what if that group would have looked? They said, oh, the Amorites, grasshoppers. Well, but you see, Caleb and Joshua stilled the people because they wasn't looking at the Amorites, how big they were, how big the cities were, how big your sin is. 
I give you the land, it's yours. Now, God give you your healing, each one of you is yours. Well, now, God just didn't go over there and take a broom and sweep out the Canaanites. And all the Amorites and the Hittites and all them and sweep them out and say, Come on, Israel, this is yours. They've been planting crops for you. No, sir, they had to fight for every inch of the way. That's right, but they had the promise of victory. God told Joshua, wherever the sole of your foot treads, I'll give it to you. So footprints means possession. Remember that, sister, in the wheelchair. Remember that today, any of you that needs healing. Footprints means possession. Every time the sole of your feet touches, that's it. Take that much ground. Take that much ground away from the devil. And let's have patience with God. Let's sing a song. We'll get. We'll try to finish this afternoon. If you have a need. Thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your voice. What have I done to deserve the glory revealed in me? Thanks for that special night when I saw. But you ought to remember the day God came into your heart. Lord, I thank you. Let's sing it one more time if you have a need. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your word. What have I done? The glory is something that she can take back, Lord. And then everything will be done as she says. And for your honor and glory, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just... Yes, sir, brother. family, his wife and children, Lord, and everybody around him. Father, I pray that you'd give him strength, Lord. Just give him a refilling of the Holy Ghost, Lord, from the top of his head to his shoes, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just sanctify him, Lord. Let him pray, Lord, more. Let him study the Bible more. Let him listen to you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just show him, Lord. Show him, Lord, where it's wrong to do these things. Show him where it's right to do the things to do right. Lord, I pray that he would have a personal relationship with you, Lord. And that he'll carry you wherever he goes, Lord. And that it'll be a light, Lord, that'll shine, Lord, in a dark place. Just bless his wife, Lord, and give her strength, Lord. If they're going through anything, Father, I pray that you bring them closer together, Father. That you'll bless the children, Lord, and give them strength to raise them, Lord, in the admonition of God. Let him bring you back into the home, Father. And once he does that, Lord, and give you the honor and glory, Father, his place, Lord, of rest will be in you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can believe it, man. You
Just believe it, okay? That's all you got to do. Just believe it. Lord, I just want you to thank you, Lord, for Father, Lord, I pray that you just be with us. Father, take care of us, Lord, as we eat a natural meal. Lord, we come back together, Lord, to listen to you. Not listen to a, to a man, but listen to you, Father. I pray that you'd anoint each person, Lord, in this building for a closer walk with you, Lord. There's things in all of our lives that we need to kick out, Lord. I pray, as the prophet said, it's not some broom, it's not some dustpan, but it's a sword. It's a sword and a shield, Lord. Give us that sword of the word of God and that shield of faith and all the armor of God that we, in the end time, we need every piece, Lord. And we need every piece to be in each one of us, Father. And that will give us peace in our soul. Father, I pray that you'd be with each one, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to thank you, Lord. 